You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence here this morning. We ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you would do that which you and you alone can do. So we yield our hearts, our attention, our worship. We yield this service over to you again. Thank you, our Father. God's people shout a big amen. A huge amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus this Sunday morning. Thank you so much. Um, as you take your seat, will you be kind to people around you and just love on them? Um, a smile here, um, a wink, a pat, a hug, whatever. Good morning, I saw her. <laughs> good morning, good morning. It's a great day to be in church, okay? Hi, um, thank everyone for coming out to church this morning. My name is Idris, I'm the resident pastor here. And it's a huge honor to share out of God's word with you this, this morning. Uh, just in case you don't know where you are, you're at Life Point. Okay. <laughs> you might just have been passing the head music and just decided to come in, but this is Life Point. Uh, Life Point is a part of the Elevation Church, um, pastored by Pastor Godman and Bolanwa Kilabi. Uh, and we love God with all our hearts. Uh, we're a mission post. Um, and welcome, okay? Um, this is not. Nat has not been around for a while, but he's, he's, um, he's back today. All right. Do you know the name of the person sitting next to you yet, or you don't care? It's okay if you don't care. It's not a problem. You just want them to know that you really don't care. It's not okay. So it's okay. It's okay. All right. Um, you might have to say a couple of things to them in the course of the service. If it's your first time here, this is how we get through the message quickly. You help me preach. Uh, but just to mention that this uh, Friday, uh, the guys are going to be having a terrific time um, as we, um, guys, we're going to have a terrific time as we cheer the ladies on. <laughs> so um, we have the Blossom Hangout this Friday, um, 6 p.m. Um, um, we cocktails, small chops, and games. What time are the cocktails? Six o'clock. So guys, we can come in here at six, have cocktails with the ladies about half six. But primarily, it's a, it's a hangout for, um, for ladies, truths versus lies, self-love, relationships, careers, okay? Um, and promises to be a great time. Um, a couple of fantastic speakers are also lined up. So please do come. Um, uh, plan to make it out this, this weekend. It'll be on social media. It'll be more. So invite people to come. The last Blossoms event was, was quite... Uh, was quite uh, something. We were here briefly. We came in. They said, oh, guys are here. We rushed out. And then, but it was quite good. So let's, let's plan to come. Okay? All right. Uh, today we'll also be sharing uh, the communion in service. Um, we won't try and do the first Sunday um, every month. Um, let's celebrate Nifemi, who shared so kindly his God experience. Uh, thank you so much. Where, where's he? Where's Nifemi? He's left. He's here hiding. God bless you. Okay. Thank you so much, and um, God will yet do with you wonderful and awesome things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, so we're going to take a break in transmission. I know we're having this whole discussion about Mission Possible, and we talked about uh, Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and today we're meant to talk about the ends of the earth. But um, we're going to take a you know, slight, small detour and just bring an encouragement to someone 
this morning. Would you help me tell the person next to you that God is calling you? Okay. Is that you? Are you playing reggae on my message? <laughs> okay. All right. But, um, but yes, so, so I kind of had in the course of the week a just very interrupting thought. I, I remember at a point in time I said, God, you know, I do have, I kind of have the message sorted out for Sunday. I kind of know what I think you want to say to the people. And I was a bit frustrated because while I had, the, you know, like a large outline early, but I still didn't have the specifics. So I was like, no, you know, God, let me just preach this other message, you know, and we'll be fine. But um, one thing that I have been saying all through this series is the fact that your purpose is not far away from you. Because I know that one of the reasons people are a bit anxious in our generation is just this whole thought of what's my purpose, can I write it down in one sentence, and, and all the very nice things they tell you, which I totally disagree with. Um, because I believe that you are really a big deal. I believe your purpose is bigger than one line. I believe that it's bigger than one event, one thing. Okay? Uh, you, you're really a big deal. You're really a big deal. And, and God doesn't hide his will from his own. Over the years, we've also come to this place where uh, we talk about God's will in a very mysterious way and how it's, you know, something very hidden. You know, what's the will of God? I don't know the will of God. I don't know the will. Oh, the will of God. God will reveal in season, but he always wants us to be aware, you know, of what we need to know per time. Okay, God hasn't created us to be unhappy or confused. Um, and that's where this encouragement comes from this morning. Let's join, uh, if, you, if you don't mind, if you have a Bible, 1 Samuel chapter 3. And I'll read to your hearing from verses 1 to 11. 1 Samuel chapter 3 from verses 1 to 11. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the words of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark was, and while Samuel was lying down. Verse 4, then that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. And so he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and lay down again. And then the Lord called out yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you my son, lie down again. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And so he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And so Samuel went, lay down in his place, 
And the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. And then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Will you please tell the person next to you, God is calling you. God is calling you. Just for emphasis, would you please just find out what their name is again. And so personalize it this time. Go and The third time, the Bible says, he called him twice. So do, I saw her, I saw her. God is calling you. Would you help me this morning? Nathan, Nathan, God is calling you. God is calling you. <laughs> God is calling you. I, I don't know who you are. I don't know if it's your first time. I don't know if you've even been around. I don't know if you are like, you're like me. You come here every Sunday. But it, it's been very strong on my heart this season that God is calling someone. And this is a very interesting discussion for me for a number of reasons. One, they've taken off my timer, so I don't know how much time I have. I'm just going to talk freestyle today. But Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 10, Therefore, brethren, be more diligent to make your calling and election more sure. And that scripture has always been in my heart. You know, and um, I, I realize that in today's world, we live in the middle of lots of conversations. There is almost always a conversation going on. I like to say that there is the voice of the world. There is the voice. I mean, if you put on your radio, sometimes you're just amazed at how many radio stations they are, and they all have something to say. Um, and what, I'm already digressing, I probably need to focus into this message, but you know, sometimes what interests me the most is how all of us call into the radio station. I have never called into a radio station. You put you on my list for this year, and so I just called to greet you guys. But I just like, who are these people calling? What, where are they from? Are they people like me in the city? They just pick up their phones, and they call, and, and they comment on national issues. Um, um, but there's people talking, and, and there's, there's the voice of our history. There's the voice of 1986, and there's a voice, you know how Nifemi says, he, I can never forget that day in my life, you know, because I suspect that day speaks to him every now and then. It reminds him, ah, Nifemi, you are sinking on the, are sinking on the altar. Remember you were hungover in 1986 at about 2 a.m., in Akure, you know, it keeps on speaking to him. It keeps on, you know, the voice of media, of culture, of tradition. Tradition keeps on speaking to us. It says, this is not how things are done. Women do not go like this. Men must always do this way. You cannot, you know, and there's that voice. It's constantly speaking to us. There's a voice of social media. It's constantly telling us what's on you know, what you should buy for your wife or your girlfriend on her birthday and, and stuff like that. It's constantly speaking. It's a conversation. You're not even, you should not have been involved in that conversation. I was really very happy that my wife's birthday had passed before all this rubbish. Uh, I would have got you a Porsche, but my dear, <laughs> we have to make do with what. <laughs> but, you know, like, what all this pressure, you know, there's the voice, there's the voice of your heart. And it's interesting because sometimes we're in that middle of that whole follow your heart thing. We're like, just follow your heart, follow your heart. And the heart is a fantastic thing to follow, especially when you've let God touch it, when you've let God 
tune it. Because uh, Jeremiah does say that the heart is sometimes wicked and deceitful above all things. Uh, uh, but there's so many voices on the earth today. So we, we live in the middle of a perpetual conversation. But there's the voice of God. In John chapter 10, you know, Jesus makes those statements where he says, but my sheep will hear my voice. This is the voice of a stranger they will not follow. It says they will hear my voice, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. And so, when we speak about God calling someone, like we see in our text today, um, <laughs> it's, it's about you hearing the voice of God, coming to a place where you understand the heart of God and hopefully seeing the hand of God at work. And I'll try and explain this further. It's, it's about a birthing of destiny, you know, a betting of, of seasons, of performance. It's essentially, um, because when I was great, you know, much younger, when we talk about God's calling upon someone's life, it's, it's a bit of a scary word. Yeah? It's a bit of a scary word. They say, ah, you know Caleb. They say, God has called him. Ah, ah no, that boy, very fine boy. Well, God called him. I'd be, ah, God, ah, won't be seeing him again. Ah, God has called him. God, God. Say, so, you know Fumbi, the tall one. God called him to, ah, mm, that boy's life was going on so well. It, it, like a, it was a scary thing, you know. Um, <laughs> it, it almost meant that God had chosen to spoil your life. That every good plan you had, every good plan that you had, you wanted to work in a big company, you wanted to be famous, not too famous, like Falabi. No, just, you're just regularly famous. You want to be rich. You know, but God has, when God called you, it meant he had chosen to spoil your life. <laughs> and so here God calls Samuel. God calls Samuel. In fact, we've got a couple of Samuels here, so, so I do think this is something about you too. I think God is calling you. I think God is calling. But God's call is more than just instructions. <laughs> Sometimes it's really God interrupting your space. The way as I prayed about this, it was almost like the words kept on coming, like an invitation. For someone, it's you have been sensing or just feeling like an avalanche of God's love, God's presence in your space. It's just this heightened consciousness of God. For someone, you've just seen over and over again a miraculous move of God's hand, rearranging things around you, circumstances. You've just seen divine interruptions. You're seeing God reorganizing things around you. And it, it should ordinarily make you impressed. It should make you excited. It should make you joyful. And so this morning, the, the encouragement, and I have a note, I'll read through my you know, couple of things I've written. The encouragement is for someone in the service who God is calling So, uh, help me ask the person next to you, is God calling you? Is he, is he calling you? Is, is, is he calling you? You know what it is when there's this guy who you mistakenly gave your number to, and he's calling you every hour, every hour. You know when someone is trying to reach you, and you, because of how, how you are, have not picked up the call, then they start to call with another number. And as you see the number, you kind of know 
you know that this is the guy. You know. <laughs> Somebody's speaking to your heart. <laughs> this boy thinks he's smart. <laughs> then you now respond, please text. <laughs> hmm. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, Adekule got it all wrong. Maybe that whole pick up the call thing, pick up my call song, maybe it wasn't us asking God to pick up our call. Maybe it was God who was actually singing the song, and Adekule heard and read it. and, and just Maybe it's actually God who has been singing that song on repeat and saying, Femi, pick up my call. Pick up. How does the song go again? Everybody laugh for me. What, what hymn is that? I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know that. What song is this? What kind of pastor is this? Do you know the song? Can you play it for me, my brother? <laughs> That's it. This is the reason I don't come to church anymore. This is why. But maybe it's God who has been saying to someone, would you please pick up my call? Maybe he's been, he's been trying to get someone's attention. And this is... You know, like I said, it's an interruption in the teaching series we have. Maybe it's God actually trying to talk to someone persistently. You know how, I don't know how we do it nowadays when you want to get a girl's attention. But you know, in the, back in the day, you say all sorts of things. All sorts. Excuse, excuse me, sister. <laughs> hey, you, you do all sorts of things, you know. You even hit her car. You, you send your, ha, people do all sorts <laughs> Did you scratch? Ah, let me get your number. My, my panel beta will be at your place. I will come with him tomorrow. You, 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 you figure out a way. You sit next to her in church. You park right next to her. You wait until her car is driving. You drive next to her. Oh, you are here at this time to just anything to get her attention. You, you try and get into her space. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1, in a prayer for the church in Ephesus, it says that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you may come to a place where by the spirit of wisdom and revelation, you know that which is the hope of your calling. This morning, I am so persuaded that God is calling someone. And he's, he's saying, please, would you not ignore me anymore? <laughs> there are three kinds of calls. Um, that I sensed as I prepared for this. One is the general call upon the church. Because the church already speaks about those who are called out. There's a word, ecclesia, those who are called out. So in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The church has been called out into God's plan. And in different places, Scripture speaks about the church and what the church has been called out to. He says that God wants to make known through the church what is his manifold wisdom. The church is called to find God. He talks about how that God is trying to bring the church to a place of maturity. So for someone, there is a general call upon the church. And you would hear that over and over again. A call to the life of God, to express the life of God on the earth. 
you know, so he would say that we are the salt of the world, the light of the world, salt of the earth. It's a together call, by the way. That call is a together call. So he would say, we all, with unveiled faces, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, have been transformed into that image. There is a call upon the church. There's a call upon the church. There's a call to perfection, okay, upon the church. There's God doing a work. Now, you guys sometimes do not remember this, but the church, Paul says in the book of Ephesians, is Jesus' bride. And he says that Jesus, by the washing of water by the word, is doing a work in the church that he may present the church to himself as a bride, uh, white, uh, clean, all blossomy, all, 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 all purified. He says, without blemish and wrinkle. And you are part of that work. And so what happens is that ever so often, we keep on hearing the call of God upon the church. It's the call to be made by God, where he will say to the disciples, follow me, and I will make you X and Y. And, and that is one big call that I, I sense, you know, we're all hearing in this season. We should be hearing. And that call should make you happy, privileged, a sense of privilege to be part of the church. I said to someone here today, never let anyone, any event, anything ever reduce in your mind the value of being part of God's family. Never let anything anywhere in the world. Because it's a call to be part of a spiritual family, a call to be part of God's body on the earth today. God is within the church. Scripture says it may not appear like what we are, but it says it's coming. It's becoming more obvious with every passing day. The beautiful thing about being part of this church, the calling upon the general church, is that yet it's made up of different parts. And the same way even the different parts of our body do not all do the same thing, even to achieve the same result. I mean, just uh, for me to walk from one place to another, the different parts of my body will do different things. The legs will move in one direction. The arms are stretched slightly to balance. The eyes look forward. The ears listen. So they don't all do the same thing particularly. So even though we are called as part of the church, uh, we're not all necessarily called to do the same thing. So, so don't, don't, be, don't, be, um, don't, don't be surprised that we're not all doing the same. And the church is bigger than Life Point. It's bigger than Elevation Church. So there is a call, a general call upon the church. It's one where God is doing his work. And the same thing, one of the reasons why I say to people, be careful, be careful about how you consider the church, how you speak about the church. Um, because I, I don't let anyone speak about my wife or my children <laughs> um, in non-complimentary terms. I don't take it nicely. I remember when, when we just got married, and I think we were on our honeymoon, and, and we really looked young for some reason. And I was standing beside a bunch of people, too. I can't remember the, the faces. Of, but I remember they were talking about Ogo, who's my wife. And I think they were saying something about how she was just recently married and stuff like that. But they didn't know I was the, the husband. 
and had like a Benin man at some point, I just told him, sorry, that's my wife you're talking about, you know. And it's the same thing about the church. You need to understand that God is actually working on the church, in the church. There is a general call. So we would keep on hearing that, and you would hear God saying by his spirit things over the church ever so often. And because we are part of the church, there is a call for us, a, a re, a, there's a need for us to respond to the calls upon the church. Would you help me tell the person next to you, say, God is calling you. God is calling you. God is calling you. There is what I would then call specific calls to specific people. God giving specific calls to specific people, giving them specific targets, specific missions, specific assignments. Um, as we taught in the last couple of weeks about Jerusalem, about Samaria, about Judea, you know, I kind of thought in my mind that it was just a sequence. So you, you start with Jerusalem, your family, those closest to you, and then you... And the more I taught, the more I realized that, you know, for some people, you know, God was, it was calling you to Samaria right away. It wasn't even necessarily sequential. I, I just, the more I, I thought about I just realized, my goodness, that there were certain people who God was just trying to get their attention about Samaria. And God bless everyone in the last couple of weeks who stepped out of their comfort zones to go somewhere to share the gospel, to preach. And I just realized that there was so much calling over people's lives. That God doesn't reinvent the wheel in every generation. That's true. He, he doesn't start all over in every generation. And so what happens is that as one generation leaves, God begins to give to specific people in the coming generation things to handle. He begins to say to A, I want you to do this. And he says to B, I want you to do that. He's that specific about our lives. And, you know, encouragement to someone, there is something that God wants to hand over to you. When you read, I think it's Ephesians 2.20, he speaks about the fact that this is a progressive work. That we are building upon the foundations that have been laid in Jesus, that the apostles have laid. It is a progressive work that is happening on the earth. So there's a call to inherit mantles. What are mantles? In, you know, in those days, the prophet will have um, like a piece of clothing that carried an anointing, the power of God. When he hit you with a mantle, you know, and, and if you look at Elijah and Elisha, the Bible will talk about the passage of that mantle from one to another. And essentially, it just represents offices and authority. That there are orders, there are territories, there are kingdoms that have been passed from one generation to another. And God is calling people in this generation to look up specific. So, this is no longer just a call upon the church. This is a call upon individuals. A call upon individuals. When, excuse me, during the fast um, a couple of months ago, there were two things specifically that dropped in my heart. I don't think I shared it with the church. One was the fact that I, I started getting this impression about cycles of callings, cycles of callings. 
And very much like our text where, you know, God will come to Samuel and call and it, it will almost seem like he was receiving, you know, a call ever so regularly. That was the impression that I got. And I remember we were praying. I think Fallaby was with me that afternoon and somewhere else. And it was almost like God saying, the, it's a cycle. So I would come to someone. I, I would knock. I would say to, I would push. I would press ever so often in the season. I would try to make an impression about a particular thing that needs to be done by this person. He says, and, and then he would, you know, essentially leave that person alone for a while and come back again. He, he spoke about that. And, and I remember saying as we prayed that the thing about those cycles is that they will keep on coming. They will keep on coming. However, God's purpose is tied to seasons on the earth. And God's purpose will not necessarily wait for you forever. God will keep on calling you about a particular thing. He has not called us all to do the same thing. So there's a call mean to treasure your, your particular difference, to guard your differences. And not just differences for the sake of being different, but out of respect for the hand of God that is upon your life. In Galatians chapter 1, Paul speaks about the fact that it says, When it pleased God who it says, When it pleased God who had separated me from my mother's womb, 115, he says, and called me through his grace. For someone today, I just want you to realize that your life is a big deal. Your life is a big deal. It might have no remarkable features, but your life is a big deal. <laughs> In Acts chapter 22, when Paul describes his experience on the road to Damascus, he says, look, everybody saw the light. He said, but I alone heard the voice. He says, they could not hear the voice of him that spoke to me. The second thing I remember during the fast about callings that was strong upon my heart, and I think I mentioned this at the night of increase, was that I began to sense that there were meetings that needed to happen on the earth. And this weren't just church meetings, but just gatherings of God's people essentially investigating God's heart. I'll tell you what it means. Nothing... But the way it came to me was like, they, it was almost like people needing to sit together and saying, look, how, how do we take over X or Y for God or for Jesus? And I don't know who God will stir their heart in what direction and about what and with whom, but I needed to mention that. Because he kept saying to me that there were, there were meetings that needed to happen. There were things that needed, there were people who needed to gather together for the purposes of God to be done on the earth. Cycles of opportunities, God will come to Samuel over and over again and call him. The interesting thing was that Samuel would always, <laughs> would, for the first three times, God calls him, he responds to Eli. God calls him, he responds to Eli. Because what happens is that we, we kind of have a thought, every single one of us, have a thought about how our life will pan out. You kind of, sitting down listening to me today, you have an expectation about where your life will end up. 
And so sometimes when you feel the call of God upon your heart, upon your life, you, you sometimes try to respond in the direction you think your life should be going. Hebrews chapter 3, the writer of the book of Hebrews says, Now, or therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart, as in the day of the rebellion. Moses' assignment comes to him. His call comes to him when he's persuaded that he has failed God completely. And, and, and I, it, it's, that, it's, it's interesting. When he's at that place in his life where he's so persuaded that there is nothing good or remarkable that can come out of me anymore. He's a prince, uh, a, a, a strange prince for that matter in Egypt. Because people think he's Israel, he's Israelite, but they, they know he's been adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. And yet he makes a mess of the whole thing. And so neither the Egyptians want him, nor the Israelites who he thinks he's called to deliver want him. And so he takes off. In the backside of the desert, he's now tending sheep. to so the man who used to be in the palace. He's tending sheep, and there is where the call of God comes to him. Would you help me tell the person next to you, God is calling you. God, God is calling you. Uh, David is on the, at the backside of the desert also. He's, he's hidden away from all his brothers. He's composing song for sheep. All his great music, nobody's buying. He's, he's singing to his sheep, one song after the other. The writer says in scripture that the call and the gifts of God, they are without repentance. But there are times and there are seasons. Well, someone say with me, I believe in God's plan for my life. No, no, but we say with a bit of conviction, I believe in God's plan for my life. <laughs> see, I'm a special purpose vehicle. <laughs> see, I receive my calling with all my heart. See, I hold on to my calling. I respond to my calling. <laughs> so there's a general call of God upon the church. There is a call upon you as an individual. And I, I'm just a messenger in the morning. There is actually people here who know that you are receiving specific attention from God in this season. I might as well just go here now and tell you once and for all. One thing I found interesting about LifePoint has been the number of people who come from a lineage of pastors already. Is your father a pastor? Your father is a pastor. Yes, has he? Is your father a pastor? Yes, yes. I'm not sure. <laughs> your father is a pastor, I know. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, so, you know, over time I've, I've asked myself, well, why, do all, why do we all gather here, you know? <laughs> Help me ask the person next to you, your, were your parents pastors? <laughs> and if your parents were already involved in ministry and pastoring, odds, 
just want to warn you, that sometime when you were very young, they already told God you can have him. <laughs> you can just take everything, take all this child. But, but there is a call upon your life. And, and I, may, I may not be speaking to everyone as I say this, but there is someone, there is a call upon your life. There is a call upon your life. This is interesting. The third one, and we'll put everything together. It's a call of God on the earth. But it's not necessarily, it's about you, but not directed to you. And, and what do I mean? So the same way God is trying to get your attention about something that he wants you to attend to, is the same way that in preparation for your response, God is also rearranging things in expectation that you would respond to him. So in Romans chapter 8, for example, he says that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so at the very same time when God is calling not, God then says in that same call is, is a call upon the earth, right? Arranging the woman, yeah? Who, why are you smiling? Focus. The, <laughs> arranging the woman who God says not you will have to marry to do the things that I want you to do. Arranging the jobs, arranging the favor, arranging government policy, arranging opportunities. I like the scripture where Jesus sends his disciples to a place and says, look, go and get a donkey. Nobody's reading on it before. And they say to him, look, but what if they ask me or ask us? He says, just simply tell them. The master has need of it. Because he's the one, scripture says in Isaiah chapter 46, that calls the ravenous bed from the east the man who executes his counsel from a far country. Isaiah 46, 11. He says, yes, I have spoken it. I will bring it to pass. I have proposed it. I will also do it. So part of the call of God over your life in this season is God moving things in place for your favor. Is God causing pockets of provision to be set in places concerning the things that he's assigning you to. Where God sends, there is no lack. In 1 Kings 17, he, sends, he says to the prophet, uh, go to this brook or this body of water. I have sent and appointed birds to feed you there. There was a call to the birds already concerning the prophet. Another time he says to him, go to Zarephath. I have already spoken to someone about you. For the last time today, would you please tell the person next to you, God is calling you. God, God, God is calling you. God is calling you. God is calling you. Um, I started by saying there are lots of voices on the earth. And I totally understand how it's easy to hear or pay attention to all the other voices. I was asking myself, how do I 
stay in touch with God's calling over my life? How do I discern what is God? How do, what do I do? And there's something about staying in God's presence, about cultivating his presence. There's something about staying where God can reach you, where you can hear God. If you, if you own a car, the odd, odds are that you also have one of those remote keys that you can press the car with. But you, you will understand with time that there's uh, limitations to the reception of, of your ability. So you, you, it's hard for you to stay at the toll gate and try to get in touch with your car here. That is no longer a car. It's something else. The ability to find quietness, reducing or controlling the ambient volume of your life from time to time. But this is my message and what God has asked me to say, and I'm going to try and make it, add, add more to it. It's just people letting God get their attention in this season. For someone, it's about respecting, finding and respecting Eli's whose heart you can trust. People who would sense the hand of God over your life and not be threatened, not be jealous, not be worried, and will give you an interpretation or advice or counsel that will push you back into God. It's having enough respect for Eli in your life. And it's, it, it's, it's extremely important. Um, I, I, I am very privileged to have a pastor and have a couple of, a handful of mentors, and I'm, I'm still trusting God for more. But just people who can help me interpret the hand of God over my life. When God calls, when Peter has comes to a place like someone is today, he says, Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. Paul will say, says, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Jesus says, let your will be done, not mine. Mary would say, be it unto me according to your will. Our prayer as a church this morning, as we, as we you know, approach the table, is, Father, we give you space. We respond to it. That's all I'm asking you to do. Stop trying to prepare yourself <laughs> to take the call. Just answer. I'll close as we, as we prepare to share the communion. Just read out of Philippians 3, verses 3 to 14 in the Amplified to your hearing. Uh, Father, you can start singing. Uh, so will I, if you can. Philippians 3, 3 to 14 says, For we who are born again have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, set apart for his purpose, and of the true circumcision who worship in the spirit and glory and take pride and exalt in Christ Jesus and place no confidence in what we have or who we are in the flesh. Though I myself might have had some grounds for confidence in the flesh, if I were... If I were pursuing salvation by works, if anyone else thinks that he has reason to be confident in the flesh, 
That is, in his own efforts to achieve salvation, I have far more. Circumcised when I was eight days old, of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, an exemplary Hebrew, as of the observance of the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal for Jewish tradition, a persecutor of the church, and as to righteousness, supposed living right, or right living, which my fellow Jews believe, is in the law. I proved myself blameless. But whatever former things were gains to me as I taught them, these things, once regarded as advancement in merit, I have come to consider as loss, absolutely worthless, for the sake of Christ and the purpose which he has given my life. But more than that, I count everything as loss. Compared to the priceless privilege and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and of growing more deeply and thoroughly acquainted with him, a joy unequal. For his sake I have lost everything, and I consider it all garbage, so that I may gain Christ, and having any righteousness of my own derived from my own obedience, the law and his rituals, and possessing that genuine righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. And this soul that I may know him, experientially becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely and but in that same experience the power of his resurrection which overflows and is active in believers and that I may share the fellowship of his suffering by being continually conformed inwardly into his likeness even to his death dying as he did so that I may attain to the resurrection that will raise me from the dead. Not that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like, or have already been made perfect, but I actively press on so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Church, it's an upward call. Whatever God is calling you is an upward call. I don't know what discussions, what conversations are happening between you and God, but it's an upward call. It's an upward call. It's an upward call. It's an upward call. Could we rise and worship? reveals your nature so I can see. I can see your heart in everything you say. Every painted sky is canvas of your grace. If creation still obeys, if creation still obeys, you so will I. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, 
please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.com.